Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule from my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. Perfect. Okay, now we're live. Um, so I am joined by a super special guest, Amelia. Amelia, do you want to super briefly introduce yourself to my two or three listeners? Hi, two or three listeners. My name is Amelia. I'm blushing now, being called super special. Is, you know, I'm easily riled. Um, <laughs> I also work in admissions and UC campus. And I've been doing it for like 11 or 12 years, something like that. Which is a long time. I um, usually ask most of my guests um, how we know each other. Um, so I would love to, I think I know how, how it was, but um, if you want to resummarize, um, I actually forgot the year. Oh my God, it must have been fall of 2010? Because we started, at my campus, we started, my first big international trip was in the spring of, must have been 2010. No, no, 2007. <laughs> Did you follow 2007? I know it was on the, uh, the Linden Asia tour. <laughs> yes, uh, I am scrolling through Facebook right now to see when that happened. I did not have a Facebook account, and you and Dwayne threatened to make one in my name. That would be something that we would do. Oh, uh, that he's definitely a future guest, and he and I are only going to talk karaoke, and I'm very excited <laughs> <laughs> if I can get him on. Um, but Amelia, yes. Yeah, so we did you only do that one Linden trip? I think that's the only Linden trip I've done. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've made the cut uh, uh, for people that still talk to me after only one Linden trip. Uh, but we see each other too, because uh, uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing you a couple times. Because um, you recruit in Seattle too, or used to. I do, and I have every year prior to this fall when I had my second baby and was not traveling. And and which is a perfect segue. I am really excited to talk to you. Um, I know one of the challenges for me um, has been uh, just getting back to work and trying to balance admissions. Um, I'm given up international missions to an extent um, with one baby, but you have two children. And uh, I guess as much as you would care to share uh, how you even got through the first child, who, happy birthday, by the way, uh, Tam, um, <laughs> how you managed the, for the first child. I think, you know, I'm, we're quite lucky in that both my husband and I have a pretty flexible work environment overall. Um, you know, especially with admissions and international admissions, there's times when you just have to be there and have to be gone and do it. But also the city that we lived in when our first child was born had um, really good daycare, which I did not appreciate until we moved, how hard it can be to find good affordable childcare. It, am it amazes me because I feel like in big cities, like we are, there's such a demand for childcare um, and it is really expensive, but yet child cares, I feel like barely make anybody. It's, it's crazy. It's, it seems like they don't make a lot, like it's so expensive, and but they also should be paid more at the same time. Right. And there's so much like licensing and things like that, which they should be because they're taking care of my baby. But like, 
I guess it we're just, I have to imagine we're just severely undervaluing the value of childcare. Anyway. You could get me started on an entire tangent. Um, actually recently read a really good book called The Carpenter and the Gardener. It's by Alison Gopnik, mm-hmm. who's a psychologist at UC Berkeley. And it talks about different methods of raising kids, whether you're a carpenter and you sort of like want to build the child up into what you think they should be versus a gardener and you sort of let them grow and give them nurturing and see how they turn into what they are. But it talks a lot about how our society is set up to completely undervalue caretaking at the same time. Like both parents have to work full time to afford to raise a family, but then you're also just breaking even with one paycheck often having to pay for childcare. So Right, yeah, and I, and I was talking before we started recording. I just had a very um, amazing staff member just inform me that she is leaving um, to stay at home with her uh, three-month-old now, and I was uh, really sad that I, as a, as her manager, I couldn't make it work for her, um, which was sad. So, yeah, well, it's challenging. I think another way we've been able to make it work is my supervisor is a woman with three children as well. And so she's often willing to be flexible about the work and the understanding that a lot of the work I do, even though we're in admissions, we're online-based a lot. (laughs) There's a good chunk of the year where even though there's a large volume of work, I can work from home and work solely online. Yeah. Balance it. That's good. So um, were you doing any international travel after you had M? I did. So my first um, was born uh, six years ago today. So in the spring, beginning of the spring. And when she was about seven, seven and a half months old is when I did my first international trip, which was just to Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh And that week in Seattle right afterwards. Gotcha. So for the first year of her life, I didn't leave um, the Western Hemisphere. Gotcha. just in North America so that I was never more than you know a six hour flight from home gotcha was it tough for you this is something I've been slowly ramping down my travel um just with my change in job duties have you what have you missed about what did you miss about not traveling as much so I didn't feel like with her there was a lot of not traveling uh-huh. um uh, several weeks after her first birthday, I went to Eurasia and Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and a bunch of crazy places far, far away. Awesome. <laughs> so it was a lot more like an internal dialogue, feeling really torn between wanting to be with my baby and it being so hard to leave her, but also not wanting to miss out on these work opportunities mm-hmm. and sort of jumping back and forth because they do feel almost mutually exclusive. I wrote a psychological challenge of jumping back and forth between me as mom and me as career person was a really difficult adjustment. It took several years. Mm-hmm. Was that hard to balance with your partner in terms of like being gone for chunks of time as well? Did that fall on him in terms of kind of picking up that slack or did you have like other support systems? Um, it most definitely fell on him. We worked it out. I used to go on longer trips and part of why I hadn't done London again um, or as many of the Asia trips is because they tend to be longer. Uh-huh. And I did work with my employer where I had a two week on the road limit. And that would include like 
airport day to return day. So I wouldn't include travel time and then be gone on the road for two weeks in another country, but including my travel time as part of those two weeks. Gotcha. Um, we did discover after a little while that really more than two weekends home alone with the kid with him, it was just too much. It was too tearing. It was really hard. Luckily, how we worked it, once again, just being really fortunate with our employers, is we were able to both return to work 50%. Uh, uh-huh. So for the first, she didn't go into daycare until she was five and a half months old. And I would go work the first half of the day in the office and then come home. And then he would go to the office the second half of the day. Uh-huh. He really bonded with both of us and got used to him being like it for a while also. So he sort of avoided that like mama does all the care trap. Gotcha. Um, and I think doesn't, I think California has some pretty, general well better than washington state which is zero paid paternity leave um, <laughs> built in <yeah. laughs> california is pretty good i think it's like the second best state i think vermont might be the only better state so we have um some there's the fmla which is national but then california has something called cifra which is 12 or 14 weeks and it's not necessarily paid but they have to hold your job mm-hmm. you are also fortunate to have enough savings to be able to work less and then through my employer i also get disability which is like 70 60 or 70 percent of my paycheck for eight weeks after the baby gotcha that's a really good plan that helps a lot that's awesome yeah seattle the city of seattle just passed a universal uh, family leave i think that'll go into effect in 2020 um but that doesn't really help me right now uh or my (laughs) or my employee um so so you, what was, I guess now you, you just had another baby. <laughs> I did. Uh, so what, so you thought one, one was not. <laughs> so five, it took us about five years to recover from the first one who I'm now realizing it was just an exceptionally high need baby. Like mm-hmm. she's not an easy child. She's still not an easy child. She's amazing. But she's not easy by any way. Um, we're lucky the second one is like super mellow Buddha baby. He's been sleeping four hour stretches every night since he was born. So mm-hmm. very, very different experience. Um, we had an interesting situation where my husband, we decided to move and he took a job in another city about two and a half hours away from where we were previously living. Mm-hmm. Um, and started that job two months after I got pregnant with the second one. So he'd already agreed to the job. So we made plans based on one kid and then found out we were having two. <laughs> Yay. Which is awesome. And it's actually worked out very well. But throughout the entire pregnancy, we actually moved. So I and my daughter moved two weeks before the second one was born. Mm-hmm. And that was... Was that a lot of change to how to deal with? Both having a, like a new sibling and a new like home? It was a lot for her. Within a two-week period, she started kindergarten, moved cities, and had another sibling. Gotcha. I mean, um, I don't think I, as an adult, would handle that very well. So, I think it's, in some ways, it's kind of nice that we had all of these major changes at once, because we can't even sort of pinpoint, you know, what's going on that's making it hard. It's just like, well, everything's <laughs> going on, so we can just 
push through it, sort through it, like everything. It's actually worked out really well. The move we made was partly to be closer to family. Uh-huh. Living on the same property as my father now, which presents its own world of challenges. Um, to me, psychologically, probably more than anyone else. But it's been just priceless having that built-in companion for our older daughter. Uh-huh. Who wants attention and we're busy with the baby or I need someone to watch them for a few minutes while I run to the store. He's not able to really do any major care for them, but just having a semi-responsible adult that can keep an eye on for up to an hour or two. (laughs) It's been awesome. Yeah, that's been interesting. Was this the house that you grew up in? It is. And it is a 90-year-old house, too. Is it kind of weird to be in your like childhood home, like raising your own children? It's it's kind of awesome mm-hmm. to sort of have the multi generational homestead. It also presents its own challenges to be an adult who's closer to forty than not forty, mm-hmm. living with a parent, <laughs> not feel like I'm sixteen again. So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess has, I'm curious, um, particularly now that you're living with your, your dad or your dad is living with you, how do you think that's changed your relationship to him or how has that changed your relationship to him? Um, I think it was really challenging at first. There's a lot of issues that I'm not going to go into sure. on here and some health crises and things like that that were going on. But um, I think it's, we've always had a pretty good relationship. Uh-huh. And I think it's, it's made it stronger overall. It's nice to have a closer relationship with my dad. That's awesome. And it's awesome seeing just how much the kids love him and how much joy he gets out of seeing the kids. Yeah, it, it was definitely warmed my heart. Just like knowing my parents as grandparents um, definitely changed, I think, a lot um, for me, which was really neat. So having two... How has that, I know every baby is different, but just logistically, how has having a second baby this time around been, both in terms of you know what's going on and can handle it, and I never anticipated having a second child would be like this? Um, I think <laughs> ultimately realizing you will sleep again. <laughs> it's been really different. He's been a much, much easier baby than our first one was uh-huh. but even realizing the difficult parts they pass like everything really is a phase and it's not you will survive we're not going to die from lack of sleep so even on the nights when he's up a lot it's like yeah i'm tired the next day but i know it's gonna end i think helps a lot it's amazing <laughs> seeing just seeing how much they love each other even uh-huh. though they're six months old like the little guy's face just lights up and he thinks his sister is the most the coolest thing on the planet. That's awesome. Cool. Um, it's kind of harder. She, our daughter is very, very physical and just how much the baby is on me. It's getting better as he's getting older and starting solitude and things now, but how hard it is and how much she misses, misses just the physicality of mom, especially because with my husband out of town, like it was just us for six months. It was her and mom and that was it. And then all of a sudden to have the baby on mom and she misses her cuddles, even though she's a big kid now. An equal amount of children to parents. That kind of ratio just <laughs> frightens me. 
I think, I don't know if it's the age gap, but it's like they can't quite be on the same team yet. Uh-huh. So like <laughs> they don't really know how to take advantage of us together yet. I think it might be terrifying once they realize that like, they will totally be able to outsmart us for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. So. Awesome. Um, I guess, uh, I guess that was my, my big questions. How do you think, man, I don't know, like parenthood <laughs> just, uh, yeah, no, I'm taking it one day at a time and it's, uh, certainly, I feel like changed a lot of my relationship to my wife and, and certainly to my job. It's, um, I also have a pretty supportive boss in that she had two children while she's been working here. Um, in this job. So that's uh, been awesome. I, I worry a lot about just, as you probably know, our job has a lot of demands in terms of like evening and weekend stuff and just trying to ch- juggle that with two parents and finding the caps, finding coverage for um, childcare has been really hard and feeling guilty about asking my partner, asking family members, or like even asking my coworkers to like, pick up that slack has, has always makes me feel uncomfortable and a lot of what, having to ask for that much help has, has been really hard. I think with the first one, I definitely had a lot of shame and I remember beating myself a lot, up a lot over like, why do I feel like I can't handle this? Um, like I should be able to do all this. I think a lot of sort of seeing how other people look on the outside and feeling like I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, was difficult. It was quite difficult. My husband and I actually ended up in we did uh, marriage counseling for years, starting around when my daughter was one because it was just something had to give. It was a lot. I think something that's really helped with the job, at least with admissions, is the times I'm away, evenings, weekends, and things. They're not usually last minute or a surprise. So just really putting everything on the calendar and, and like reminding my. I feel like I have to nag my husband constantly about this. Remember, we're gonna like. I need you to be here. This I have something coming. Up. I have something coming up. I have something coming up. Yeah. I think that helps. With the second one, I definitely feel. I feel less less shame, less asking for help. I know. And I hate it because I do feel like after having kids, I checked out a little bit professionally. I just couldn't keep giving everything to everyone. One thing that's helped me a lot is I had another coworker on my team who had a kid. A couple, her kid is maybe, you know, so years after I had one, but seeing how much she actually checked out of the job and how poorly she performed afterwards uh-huh. and realizing that even though I felt like I was performing poorly, I was actually completely kicking ass. <laughs> awesome. And with the second one, the time of year I worked out was where when I came back from maternity leave was the time of year I was working from home. And I still continued to like have better numbers than anyone else on my team. So I take a lot of pride in trying to do good at everything, even if I'm not really, I don't know, realizing that I'm actually doing better than I think I'm doing when I look at it more objectively helps. Interesting. Um, But yeah, scheduling, I do the bullet journal. I'm not familiar with that at all. You can Google it. It seems silly to me at first, but I do it every day, and I have a column for my work life and a column for my personal life. Uh And it's sort of like my brain out on paper. It helps keep me focused. And whenever I have a new task, I write it down on there. Oh, interesting. We, um, 
I have tried to get my work life more in order. So I used to just have like a giant inbox of like 6,000 emails, but now I'm doing a much more of a not quite kind of a getting things done type organization in terms of like, does, is this email important? You can delete it. You can file this for to do later or like needs to do like really soon type things. And then um, um, my wife and I, try to do like some shared calendars or like we have a dry erase board of like things that need to happen. <laughs> we have shared Google calendars. I do the bullet journal. I keep trying to get my husband to do it too. I have a big dry erase board up in our home office. Um, I feel like my life with work and kids is like, I'm trying to do some really complicated braid and there's all these <laughs> strands and I'm trying not to drop the strands. And then people like even do me a favor and they're like, oh, here, I got you this thing. I'm like, oh my God, just don't hand me one more thing. And I'm like, oh wait, you were trying to do me a favor. Thank you very much. Let me not spew rage at you and just tell you thanks, but I'm not going to do anything with that right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I guess a question for, I have for you, particularly going through the process twice, like um, how do you balance um, I feel like there's such demands on time in terms of with your, your your relationships, with your your children, with your partner, with work. How do you make space for, I guess, yourself as well as maintaining other relationships in your life, whether that's friendships or, or whatnot? I have found that's been really hard. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Full, stop. Full stop. Just yes. I don't... We try like once a year to see some friends that live further away. Um, we have some friends in town here now that make an effort. They try to come over to our house like once a week, which is totally awesome. Um, but it's hard. Like both of us, my husband's never been good at maintaining friendships really at all. We're both much more introverted people. Um, so really the friends that I have are the sort of friends you cannot talk to for six months and pick up and then say, hey, how's it going? And just pick up from there. I really don't have any sort of high maintenance friends in my life at all. And it has been really hard, even just since the first one. And I think right now it's just been six years. And so we've kind of gotten used to it, uh -huh. but we don't do a lot. For me, I still struggle definitely taking care of myself, like really thinking, finding 30 minutes even once a week to work out is usually the first thing that gets crossed off of my to-do list. So I do suffer. I'm just not taking care of myself physically. Um, mm -hmm. And that's got to be challenging, I'm sure. Just birthing to little people, I'm sure, has profound effects on your body, too. It, it does. And then apparently I am a freak of nature, so both my children turned breech. So I had two C-sections, which was tons of fun. But... Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, I, uh, my wife, and if you listen to the podcast, uh, once it actually releases, we there's the birth story one and it's hilarious because like the baby kind of like shot out of Allison and everyone thought she had like had multiple children. Um, <laughs> and she was also like high as a kite, obviously, um, cause she had an epidural. So <laughs> I will have to listen to that. Um, I don't know when it comes to nurturing ourselves as a couple, I think having years of therapy, it was almost like our only time together. Like that was our date was let's go work through all of our crap an hour a week um and this time around in our new city we're not we're not doing that and we don't have that uh -huh. it is nice having extended family because we can 
the younger one's young enough that you can just strap him on and he falls asleep and he's not so much a person with intense emotional needs at this point. So we can actually go for a walk together without having to schedule it weeks in advance, which is pretty amazing. Gotcha. Um, we did have a conversation recently, though, about like, we really need to give some attention to each other because it's hard when you only see this person supposed to be your partner and that you love. The only interactions you ever have with them are like, okay, what needs to happen? What bills do we need to pay? What's going on with the kid? Who's making dinner? <laughs> where we live, it's also, like I said, a 90-year-old house, so we're trying to go through renovations and update the house. And it's... Kind of this challenge is how, remind me how long you were together before you had M. Let's see, we got married in fall of 2007 and had her in spring of 2012. So yeah. four years or so. And you'd probably been dating, seeing each other before then too, right? Yeah, we got married about two and a half years after we started dating. Okay, so, so a, big, big, we, a good chunk of time. Yeah, I think we've been together 15. No, how long have we been together? We've been married <laughs> 10 years. 2015. We've been together 13 years. <laughs> I, uh, I totally forgot how old I was. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good times. That's the funniest with the second one. It took me a good like two months to get his birthday memorized. <laughs> it's like, wait, when, what's that day again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oof. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for, for chatting. I definitely would love to have you back on. We can talk about the super nerdy things if you'd like. But I guess if you had something you wanted to promote, whether that was a book uh, that, or podcast or something that is entertaining you right now, is there something you'd love to plug away? Oh, my goodness. I wish I had something. Um, I actually wanted to ask you for book recommendations because you always have good book recommendations. Um, I did just read The Murderbot first series of the Murderbot journals, diaries, and like that. Um, Anne Leckie recommended oh. it when I saw her speak at our local bookshop. I was super jealous. And you had recommended her to me. So that was awesome. It's a fun quick read. I read it in the middle of the night up with the baby. So Excellent. Have you, I guess my recommendation for you would be, have you read any of N.K. Jenison's work, Theopolis mm -hmm. Gate and stuff like that? No, I haven't. Uh, I, would I would read that trilogy. Uh, I think it's the Stone Earth trilogy or something like that. It's her newest one. Um, she won the middle book won both the Hugo and the Nebula. So it's really good. Awesome. I will check that out. Um, would be my recommendation for you. Uh, yeah. So that's it. But um, Oh, second time around, what I wish I'd done the first time, I have yes. an Audible subscription and it is the best thing ever because I can just lay in bed listening to my Echo read me stories. All <laughs> I... Um, I don't think we could do that because like we use our echo actually as our baby monitor. So, and so we then independently listen to different shows on our Bluetooth headsets as we fall asleep. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. I didn't mention we actually, I sleep in one bedroom with the baby and my husband sleeps in the other bedroom. <gasps> Get out your co-sleeping. Oh yeah. We, we just, that's what works for us. So totally. we, um, we don't co-sleep. We co-nap sometimes because um, Wes is going through a whatever, <laughs> doing things babies do. So, um, yeah, it's good times. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'd love to chat with you more in the future on this. You can edit out all my ums and clicks and such. So No worries. Well, thank you so much. Um, well, thanks for chatting. Have a great uh, birthday party. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care.